Blog Talk Radio. Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science and spirituality are both telling us that we are all connected, that we are all one. So what you do to another person, you're literally doing to another aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens to the truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is The Disappearance of the Universe with Gary Renard. Gary is a best-selling author of The The Disappearance of the Universe, Your Immortal Reality, and Love Has Forgotten No One. So I'd like to welcome Gary to Awake to Oneness Radio. Thank you, Gary, so much for being with us today. How are you? I'm doing really good, uh, Caroline, and it's good to be on your show. And uh, Thank you. I want to give a shout-out to David Fishman because he's the one that uh, recommended that I do your show and put us in contact with each other. So thank you, David. And uh, it's just really good to be here. I love the title of uh, the show, you know, Awake to Oneness, because that's exactly what my books are about, about awakening to oneness, which is reality, and I'm, which I'm sure we'll be talking about as the hour goes on. Yes, thank you. Yes, I, I love Dave. Dave has um, become a big brother to me. Um, I, I don't know if you're aware of it, but he and I co-host the show together on Monday afternoons on Awakening mm-hmm. Awakening Together Radio. So actually, uh, Dave found me on Facebook, <laughs> and we've wow. been ever since. He, yeah, we've been very close ever since he found me. Um, it's interesting because I've had many. This is, I think, going to be my forty-eighth, forty-ninth show, and I've had so many guests that have been um, inspired with A Course in Miracles. And I yeah. have not read the court, A Course in Miracles, but I feel like I'm an adopted family member <laughs> of the ACM, ACIM family. But thank you. I, I'm so appreciative. I'm so thankful for Dave put, putting us in contact with each other. I'm so thankful you agreed to come on and be a guest. And could you please, I know a little bit um, of your story, but could you please share with our listeners your journey um, and just what you, you know, how you came to be a best-selling author of three books and, and everything that your life has unfolded for you. Well, sure, I'll be happy uh, to do that. And, you know, it's okay that you haven't read uh, Course in Miracles. Uh, you're going to hell. But, uh, you know, very much. <laughs> Well, you you probably uh, you probably know from my books that I like to joke, so I'm just joking. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it's been you know quite a trip uh, for me. I never really thought of myself uh, as being a, an author or a teacher, and I had no expectation of doing that. Uh, I was a professional musician for a long, long time. I'd say up until the time I was about forty, mm-hmm. and that's when I decided to change my life. I, I had uh, kind of like a revelation during uh, what was called the Harmonic Convergence back in 1987. And I had mm-hmm. been doing nothing but music for about 20 years. And I know there are a lot of people who would love to be able to do that. And I was able to do that and actually make a living at it, which is uh, no small accomplishment. And uh, it was good. But uh, there was something else. You know, I had a deep uh, sense that there was something else that I was supposed to do, and I kind of hoped that it would be connected in some way to this kind of like relationship, this friendship that I felt with Jesus. 
which is interesting because I'm not a religious type person. I'm actually kind of uh, irreverent. You know, I like to say that uh, in the winter I'm a Buddhist and in the summer I'm a nudist. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not really uh, you know, uh, a religious type person, but I am a spiritual mm-hmm. type person. And I always felt this relationship with Jesus. I remember when I was like even seven, eight years old, I would talk to him in my mind. And uh, I felt that, like, he would answer me, you know, like he would help me, give me advice, and things like that. And uh, it wouldn't be revealed to me until much later why I felt that way. You know, it turned out that uh, I was friends with him uh, 2,000 mm-hmm. years ago. So that's kind of like why I felt that way. And uh, I knew in the late 80s that I was going to be making a change, that I was going to uh, move to someplace that had peace and quiet, which turned out to be Maine, which mm-hmm. is uh, probably the most quiet and peaceful state in America. I mean, it's, it's like 90% wooded. It has a very low uh, crime rate. You know, not too much goes on there. And you, know, you put on the, the news, the Portland, Maine news, and you're not hearing about all these murders and all these uh, things going on there. You know, usually the worst thing that happened was, you know, somebody broke into somebody's house or there was a car accident or, or something like that. Or, you know, somebody hit a moose with their car or something, which is, you know... That would do some which, damage. Well, that's one thing you don't want to do. You don't you don't want to hit a moose with your car. But, uh, you know, it's like those are the kinds of news stories that you see. And it's very peaceful. And I was living in... Uh, I moved up to Poland Spring, Maine. And I decided to support myself that I was going to uh, be a trader of the financial markets. You know, trade commodities and the stock market and stuff like that. And I wasn't really thinking very clearly because, you know, you kind of like need money to do that. <laughs> and I didn't really <laughs> uh, have much. So I was always struggling. But uh, fortunately, uh, my wife uh, at the time, Karen, uh, did a good job of, you know, paying the rent and, and stuff. And so I was able to study. And then uh, something happened uh, that I never could have predicted. I was uh, meditating, which uh, I thought that I had become pretty good at. I, I had actually been on a spiritual path for about 14 years mm-hmm. at the end of 1992, and I had done a lot of different things, especially Est. And uh, I studied other things like Buddhism, and I got into meditation, and I felt like I got very good at meditating, like I could achieve absolute stillness, like there would be no interfering thoughts, you know, coming through my mind, like, uh, you know, just total peace and quiet and stillness. And uh, that actually would help me later with some of the things that I was about to get into. And Mm -hmm. at the end of 92, I was meditating in my living room in Maine, and I opened my eyes, and there were two people sitting there on my living room couch. It was like this beautiful, drop-dead gorgeous woman and, uh, you know, some guy. You know, I didn't care too much about him, but uh, they started to talk to me. And, you know, at first I thought, okay, I've been meditating too much. You know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm hallucinating or something, but it sure seemed real. Right. And uh, that was their first appearance to me. They, they called themselves uh, Art and Persa. Mm-hmm. And uh, Persa was the woman. Arden uh, was the guy, and uh, they started talking to me about spirituality. The first visit was pretty short, and they said they'd be back in a week, and I don't know if I believed them or not, but a week later, there they were, and mm-hmm. that second visit was and a pretty you, long visit. You and, weren't uh, fighting at all. You weren't fighting at all when you when they first showed up. In well, your it was pretty room. high up, you know, it was pretty high up there on the uh, weird uh, crapometer, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, it was uh, surreal, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, there was something about them, you know, the look on their faces. Uh, they were just completely peaceful. You know, there were, really wasn't anything to be scared of when you looked at mm-hmm. them. And so that was comforting. And uh, as I said, I didn't know what was going on at first, but when they came back the second time, I thought, okay, this is actually happening. And that was actually the longest visit in that particular series of visits. I call them series of visits now because it turns out that there have been uh, three series of visits. The first 
series of visits is, is chronicled in my first book, uh, mm-hmm. The Disturbance of the Universe. And okay. then there were two more series of visits. Uh, the second book is called Your Immortal Reality, and the third one is called Love Has Forgotten No One. And uh, then it turned out there was a fourth series of visits, which I'm writing about right now. So oh. there will be a fourth. There, yeah, there will be a fourth book. And uh, what they would do is that they would appear to me over a long period of time. I mean, it took nine years for them to uh, make the 17 appearances that they made in the first book. Uh, mm-hmm. The first book is actually twice as long as the others uh, because that's the way that they wanted it. They knew that uh, I needed time to integrate what they were saying to me in my life and actually apply it. You know, it's right. one thing to uh, hear things, read things, even understand them intellectually. Uh, that's fine. But they don't do you any good unless you apply them in your everyday life. That's how you make real progress in spirituality. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so they made this take place over a long period of time. And uh, it was like 10 years from the time when they first appeared to me to the time that the first book was actually ready to be published. And uh, during that whole time, it's like I didn't know if anybody would ever read the book that they told me uh, to write. Uh, Mm -hmm. I didn't know if or how it would ever be published. I didn't have any guarantee that anybody would read it. I just did it because I wanted to, because what they were saying was great, you know, and and it really Mm -hmm. started to grow on me. And they told me at the end of the second visit that I was going to start studying this thing called A Course in Miracles. And uh, I had never heard of the course at that time. Mm-hmm. And my attitude was, well, hey, nobody's going to tell me what to do, you know. So <laughs> I was kind of defiant. Yet there I was three days later buying my first copy of mm-hmm. A Course in Miracles. And, you know, I picked it up and I started reading it. And it was like, uh, you know, what the hell is this? <laughs> it didn't make any sense at all to me. And, uh, you know, like it starts off with its most advanced principles, like miracle principle number one says, there is no order of difficulty in miracles. You know, one is not harder or bigger than another. They are all the same. Well, I don't know how anybody could pick that up and read that and have any idea what that means. And right. the reason for that is because the Course in Miracles, the way it's presented, is what I call a holographic presentation. You know, it starts right off with its most advanced ideas, doesn't tell you what they mean, and it doesn't give you uh, an explanation, but through repetition, and there are over 1,300 pages in right. the course, and through repetition, hopefully you catch on to what the course is saying. Uh, that doesn't happen for most people, and in many cases the book ends up sitting on you know, people's bookshelves for 10 years or 20 years. And I mm-hmm. think that the reason that my teachers uh, appeared to me and did what they did was they wanted to uh, give people what some people have described as the can opener to, you know, Course in Miracles. You think of the course as being a can. Well, it's kind of hard to get into a a can if you don't have a can opener. But once you have the can opener, then, you know, it's actually kind of easy to get into it. And what they did in the Disference of the Universe was they gave me a linear presentation of the course. It's like they spelled it out for me. You know, they explained it in such a way that I could get. And then after, oh, I'd say seven or eight, nine visits of their 17, I could go back to A Course in Miracles, pick it up, read it, and it made sense to me. Hmm. So that's the service that they have provided for people. Right. They took a very difficult to understand, uh, you know, holographic presentation and turned it into a linear presentation that could be understood by people in such a way where after they uh, got the basics, they could go back and read the course and actually have it make sense to them. And if something makes sense to you and if you understand it, then if you're determined enough, you can actually apply it to your everyday life. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what they did was really amazing. And I don't think that anybody else, you know, I've, I've been into the course now for about 23 years mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I haven't seen anything else that does that, that actually explains the course in such a way that 
that not that you can just understand the book that you're reading about the course. I mean, I've never seen anything else explain it in such a way that you could actually go to the course and pick it up and actually understand it. Right. Uh, so, uh, first of all, I couldn't have done that. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I I would have done the same thing with the course that everybody else does. I would have uh, given the course my meaning. You know, I would have interpreted it in such a way as to have it say what I wanted it to say, which is what most people do. Uh, and I really think that, you know, the works of uh, Ken Wapnick are an exception to that, that they actually teach people what the course is really saying. And I think that my books teach people the course what they're really saying. And uh, if you take that route, you'll be able to pick up the course and read it in such a way that you'll actually be able to use it uh, in your life. So that's a rare accomplishment, and it didn't happen because of me. It happened because of my teachers and how they explained it to me. And so I was the first uh, beneficiary, you would say, of the Disturbance of the Universe because I I was able to actually... uh, do the course in my life, and so I, when I when I was out there in the boondocks in Maine, and things would happen that required forgiveness, which is uh, the essential teaching of the course. It's a certain kind of forgiveness, but it's not forgiveness the way that the world usually thinks about it. The way that the world usually thinks about forgiveness is you make it real. You know, so somebody really did something, and now you're forgiving them, but you're forgiving what really happened. And that's the way that most people approach forgiveness. If they approach forgiveness at all, uh, they still make it real. And that doesn't do you any good because what it does is it keeps the whole ego thought system, and we'll get into what the ego is, but it keeps that whole ego thought system intact by making it real. And the kind of forgiveness that is taught in The Course of Miracles is the opposite. What you do is you learn how to forgive people not because they've really done something but because they haven't really done anything. Because this world that we're living that we thought was real turns out to be a dream. And it's a dream that doesn't really mean anything. There's nothing in it that is actually happening. Uh, Course in Miracles says the, the miracle establishes that you dream a dream and that its content is not true. Mm-hmm. So you're forgiving people not because they've really done something, but because they haven't really done anything. And uh, because everything is connected, as you were saying in your introduction here, uh, because everything is connected, because everything is one, even though it doesn't appear to be that way, then what's happening, if you forgive somebody, not because they've done, as the Course puts it, we forgive our brother for what he has not done. If you Mm -hmm. forgive somebody that way, then what's happening, because we're one, is that you're actually forgiving yourself and the forgiveness that you thought was going out there to somebody else is really just going to you because mm-hmm. there's really just one of us. Yeah. Know, so it looks yeah. like your thoughts and, and forgiveness is going out there uh, to somebody else. The truth is there isn't anybody else, that there's just one ego appearing as many. You know, there's just one ego that thinks that it's here and has separated itself from its source, which is a false idea, but it... Uh, the ego did believe that. And uh, what we're doing when we forgive somebody else is we're actually the one who's being forgiven. So the Course says, and asks you a question, it says, can you, to whom God says, release my son, be tempted not to listen when you learn it is your own release for whom he asks? So Mm -hmm. every time you practice the kind of forgiveness that I'm going to talk about briefly, uh, mm-hmm. You're actually undoing the ego, which is the idea of separation, this idea that you could be separate from God, separate from your source, and uh, take on this individual identity, this personal existence that is somehow separate uh, from God, which the Course teaches is, is impossible. Uh, you've never really separated yourself from God. You're still at home in God. As the Course says, uh, you're at home in God dreaming of exile but perfectly capable of awakening to reality. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's possible to awaken from this dream that you thought was your life. And it is that awakening that is enlightenment. It's actually awakening to reality. But in order to do that, you have to be very clear about certain things. And one Mm -hmm. of them is that 
the world that we're seeing has no reality whatsoever. Uh, as the Course says, uh, the world you see is an illusion of a world God did not create it, for what he creates must be perfect as himself, which brings us to your true nature and what you really are. And what you really are is uh, spirit, but mm-hmm. this spirit is not the way that most people usually think about it, just as the Course uh, uses words differently than the way that other people use words. When the Course talks about spirit, uh, it's not talking about the idea of an individual spirit, the way that most people think of the word soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Course teaches that uh, spirit is not a partial attribute. So when the Course talks about spirit, it's not talking about something that is part of it. It's talking about something that is all of it. It's talking about perfect... Yeah, yeah, it's talking about perfect... It's talking about perfect oneness. It's talking about mm-hmm. uh, the whole. It's talking about all of it. So when the Course uses the word spirit, you have to understand that it's talking about something that would be exactly the same as its source, exactly the same as God, and that mm-hmm. that is reality and that nothing else exists, which brings up the idea that uh, Course of Miracles, in order to really be able to do the kind of forgiveness that it's talking about, you have to understand that the Course is saying that reality is perfect oneness with God, and that is what you really are. And when the Course starts off by saying things like, nothing real can be threatened, that's mm-hmm. what it's talking about. It's talking about your reality as perfect oneness with God that cannot even be touched by anything in this world, something that can't be threatened by anything in this world. And when it says nothing else exists... That would mean anything else, you know, anything that is not perfect oneness with God, anything that has a shape or a form or a border or a limit, anything that appears to have individuality or a separate existence, uh, the bodies that we see out there in the world that we thought were real are, in fact, not real. Uh, the Course asks you very specifically, you know, what if you realize this world is a hallucination? You know, what if you really understood you made it up? Mm-hmm. You know, what if you realized that all the people who appear to walk about in it and attack and murder and destroy themselves are completely unreal? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what the Course is saying, and it never ceases uh, to amaze me, Caroline, at the lengths that people will try to go to in order to compromise on that idea. <laughs> uh, because the idea of you not really having any personal existence, of not being a a separate entity that exists, uh, that idea is extremely threatening to the ego. Uh, The ego, once again, is based on the idea of separation. It thinks that it's real. It thinks that it has separated itself from God. And uh, it's all that it knows, and it wants to preserve that, which is why there is tremendous unconscious resistance to doing A Course in Miracles and understanding that what you are going to awaken to has no individuality within it, no separate parts. Uh, It's only perfect oneness. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Course teaches that uh, the world will not be made like some people who are Course students are trying to say, oh, we're going to bring heaven to earth. You know, we're going to make heaven on earth. Uh, No, the Course is very specific that the world will end in the end. It's not going to be transformed into, you know, heaven on earth. The earth itself will disappear. It will end because it was never there in the first place. And what you want to do is awaken from the dream, not perpetuate the dream by trying to make it better, but by mm-hmm. actually uh, realizing that if you understand that it doesn't exist, then you can do a kind of forgiveness that will change your experience from where it can affect you to mm-hmm. where it cannot affect you. You know, if you're going through life making the world real and thinking that everything in it is real, it will affect you. Because what you believe in is what affects you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to believe that the world is real, then you're going to be putting yourself at the effect of it, and it will affect you. But if you're saying, no, it's not real, I made it up, you know, it's my dream. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. the dream is not being dreamed by somebody else. You know, the dream is being dreamed... <laughs> by you, right. and there is nobody else. Right. And uh, nothing else exists except perfect oneness from God, and that is uh, the basic tenet of the Course, that you can awaken to that. And the kind of forgiveness that the Course teaches actually undoes the ego, 
the Course is very clear about that. It says uh, salvation is undoing. So what you're actually doing is undoing the ego. And as mm-hmm. you undo the ego, which is uh, what is acting as interference to reality and interference to the spirit that you really are, then you're actually uh, transforming and allowing the Holy Spirit to heal the mind of any separation ideas and the dark clouds of guilt that are in the mind that can be traced all the way back to the original separation and the idea that we separated ourselves from our source, which Mm -hmm. engendered deep unconscious guilt in the mind. Uh, The Holy Spirit actually heals that. And uh, every time you practice forgiveness, there's some kind of a healing that is being done by the Holy Spirit, whether you can see it or not. Right. You know, the Course says the miracle, which is the kind of forgiveness that I'm talking about, uh, may not always have observable effects, but there's always something going on. The Course says in those first 50 miracles principles that a miracle is never lost. Mm-hmm. You can have undreamed of effects in situations of which you are not even aware. So every time you practice forgiveness, the Holy Spirit is doing something. There's some kind of a healing going on somewhere. Uh, you may be able to see it. You may not. Uh, it could take place at the subatomic level. Uh, mm-hmm. The healing could be taking place in what appears to be somebody else's body. Not that the body is real, but right. the whole idea of separation that you're seeing is being healed by the Holy Spirit. Uh, the healing could take place in your body. Uh, you could be healed of a disease that you didn't even know that you had. You know, there's always something going on. And mm-hmm. the reason that you know that it's true is that as you go along with the Course, and, uh, you know, this is a lifelong spiritual path for anybody who's really interested, uh, there's nothing more annoying to a Course in Miracles student than to get to the end of the workbook and have it say, this Course is a beginning not an end, <laughs> you know, because people, uh, they want to do the workbook and they think that at the end of the year they're going to be enlightened and that's the end of it. Right. And no, but, uh, uh, actually what, yeah, what the workbook of the say, course. Uh, I was just going to yeah. say, you, you touched on it earlier when you said it's it's really a, a living it. Um, and I, I, I wanted to share with you, though, the things that you and I had in common in listening to your, your story in such depth. Um, I knew that you were a musician. I, I um, teach music. I teach piano. I've been teaching piano for over 20 years. And I moved to the Poconos, so the mountains. Again, when you were talking about Maine, it's like my backyard yeah. <laughs> in the Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania. But um, I understand exactly what you're saying, and, and I, I know you were joking when you said, I'm going to go to hell because I haven't <laughs> studied the Course in Miracles. What it was for me is understanding oneness, not from an inter- intellectual level. When I, I, I came to the understanding of oneness from within, and it was one sentence that I heard in, in a quantum physics documentary, um, What the Bleep. I don't know if you've ever seen it. But in yeah. What the Bleep, um, Lynn McTaggart made the statement, um, the biggest problem in the world today is the illusion of separateness. And when she said that, something inside of me woke up. It wasn't an intellectual okay, I understand oneness. No, it was something inside of me. And everything, everything that I was struggling with as far as trying to understand spirituality, everything, metaphysics, everything made sense when I understood and knew that we are all one. We are all connected. What I do to you, I'm literally doing to myself. So that's why it's so easy. I can forgive you and anyone because... I'm only forgiving myself. There's nothing I'm doing that I'm not doing to myself. So I just wanted to, to share that. But what you, when you had said that the uh, Course says at the end that it, this is just the beginning, yeah, because if, if you studied the Course and you did the whole Course, great. But now are you living it in every moment of now? Because all there is is the now. Yeah. Yep. So uh, that's great um, as far as it goes. And, uh, yes, there has been a lot of talk in the spiritual community over the years as an influence from A Course in Miracles that there's an illusion of separation. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's great. 
But there isn't anything out there that actually undoes that illusion of separation. It's not enough to know that it's there. You have to be able to practice in such a way that undoes it, that, which is why I said earlier the Course teaches that salvation is undoing. You mm-hmm. literally have to undo the ego, and the only thing that does that, and the reason the Course calls itself the miracle, is because there is a certain kind of forgiveness that you can practice, uh, but you have to go all the way with it, which I'll explain. Mm-hmm. And if you do it, then it actually does undo the ego. And I've been into spirituality now uh, probably since I was about 27, so you know, going on 40 years. Uh, and I've never seen anything else that actually does that, that actually uh, doesn't just describe the problem as many different forms of spirituality do. It actually gives you a resolution. It actually gives you a solution, a way out. Uh, it gives you an answer to the problem. You know, like uh, you mentioned being in the now. Well, that's a great idea. Uh, the only problem is you can't stay in the now as long as you have this unconscious guilt that is there in your mind which prevents you from staying in the now. You, know, you might get in the, into the now for a second, then it's gone because there is something holding you back. Uh, there is something in your unconscious mind that you can't see that is preventing you from really uh, being in the now. And that guilt is what also prevents you from hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit more clearly. Uh, mm-hmm. It's responsible for all the illness and the sickness that we see in the world. All, all the things that are hidden in the unconscious mind are what runs the world. You know, it's what's responsible for all the madness that we see on our TV screen, all, all the crime and the war and the terrorism and the violence. Uh, it's all being run by this stuff that is in the unconscious mind that people aren't even aware of. And what the Course does through the miracle is it actually allows the Holy Spirit to heal that for you, to actually remove this unconscious guilt uh, from your mind, uh, remove the ego interference, and actually set you free. And that is happening every single time you practice the Course in Miracles. Now, you mentioned uh, you're a piano teacher, which is really cool. And uh, that brings up, you know, because I'm a musician, so that mm-hmm. brings up a music analogy. Uh, if you want to be a really good piano player, let's say you really want it. You know, some students are practically forced to, to, to learn music. But let's say that you really want it and that you really care about it. Well, if you want to be a really good piano player, there's only one thing that is ever really going to make you a good piano player, and that's if you sit there every day at the piano and you practice. Mm -hmm. And if you practice every day, and if you want it bad enough, then after a while, who knows, you know, after one year you might actually sound pretty good. After five years you may sound very good. After ten years uh, you may sound excellent. You know, after 20 years you could be great. You could be a master. Uh, But the only way that's going to happen is if you practice every day. And if you don't practice every day, that's not going to happen. And uh, spirituality is no different, and A Course in Miracles is no different. If you want it bad enough, then you will practice every day. You have to know what you're doing, which is part of the, you know, the theory, but then you have to really practice on every situation that you find yourself in, every relationship, uh, even when you're watching TV. You know, a, a news headline comes on the TV that upsets you a little bit. That's a forgiveness opportunity. Anything that disturbs your peace of mind, anything in the world that has an effect on you, that's a forgiveness opportunity. Because the Course says about uh, this kind of forgiveness, mm-hmm. it denies the ability of anything not of God to affect you. So eventually, through practice, you can get to the point where the world cannot affect you, where the world cannot hurt you. But as long as you believe in it, as long as you invest your belief in the world, it will affect you, and it will give it power over you. And what A Course in Miracles does is it takes that belief back. It allows you to withdraw your belief in the world and put that belief where it belongs. And where it belongs is with God, which is why the Course says, be vigilant only for God and his kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're uh, denying the denial of truth. You're denying the ego, which is the proper form of denial, according to the Course. And you're putting your faith where it belongs, which is with God. And on this level, the Holy Spirit is here to help us return to God. And by listening to the right voice in our mind, you know, it's like you're watching a movie. 
you know, and uh, I, I like to use movie analogies because that's yeah. my favorite hobby. And mm-hmm. it's like you're watching the movie. Now, which interpretation of the movie are you going to listen to? It's uh, the same movie. You know, it's still the same movie. But you've got the Holy Spirit sitting on one side of you, uh, giving you one interpretation of the movie. And then you've got the ego on the other side of you. And the ego is giving you another interpretation of the movie. Which interpretation right. are you going to listen to? And the interpretation that you choose to listen to will change your thought processes, it will change how you feel, it will change everything. And ultimately, you it will even determine what you believe you are. If you believe that the world is real and that the people in it are real, then because there's really only one of us, what you're saying to your unconscious mind is that you are separate and that everything is real and everything does have a border or a limit and you're really this little body that can be destroyed at any second and uh, there's no safety here. That's basically what you're saying. But if you can put that belief where it belongs, which is in what the Holy Spirit is telling you, then you can start to experience the thing that comes from that belief, which is that uh, you are not a body. You know, as the Course tells us several times, I'm not a body, I'm free. For I am still as God created me. And if you're still as God created you, then you're exactly the same as God. Uh, No different. Perfect oneness. Now, that may sound arrogant to some people. It's almost like saying you are a God. But that's not arrogance, according to A Course in Miracles. According to The Course, uh, what's really arrogant is to think that you could be separate from God. To think that you could take on this individual identity and this personal existence that is somehow separate from God. That is the arrogance of the ego. And The Course is saying that that's impossible, that the full awareness of the atonement is that the separation never occurred. Uh, You are still at home. The truth is you've never left heaven, and you're having this dream, you know, this uh, silly dream that says that you're an individual in a separated world. And it's possible to awaken from that, and along the way it's possible for your experience to change to the experience that you are not a body. Maybe your body uh, will start to feel lighter. You know, maybe it'll start to feel more like the figure in a dream that it really is, you know, instead of this uh, thing you have to carry around. You know, maybe uh, it'll be more difficult to hurt it. Maybe as you go along you'll get in a little accident and you'll hurt yourself, but it doesn't hurt. And you'll think, wow, you know, that's strange. You know, that should hurt, <laughs> but it doesn't hurt. And uh, your whole experience can change. And, uh, you know, it real forgiveness eliminates stress from your mm-hmm. life. You know, I started doing this uh, 23 years ago, and I don't feel any older than I did 23 years ago, maybe younger than I did 23 years ago when uh-huh. I uh, first started doing this. And that's because the world affects you less and less. You have less stress. Uh, you gain more uh, control over how your body feels because you realize that pain, as my uh, teacher Persa teaches in the first book, uh, the Disappearance of the Universe, she says, mm-hmm. you know, pain is not a physical process. It's a mental right. process. Yes. You know, it seems like the pain is in your body, but it's not. The pain is actually in your mind, which is good that news. Because if it's in, that, that's yeah, if it's in the mind, yeah. mm-hmm. if it's so in the mind how, then you can... Yeah, I was going to say, that's how they operate on us. They put us to sleep. They put our mind to sleep so they can cut on us. And we don't feel a thing because the mind is not active. Yes. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're having a dream in bed at night, uh, your body's not in the dream. You know, what are you seeing that dream with? You're seeing it with the mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, then when you wake up, you think that you're awakening to something. Well, you're still asleep. Uh, and you're still dreaming. You know, when you're in bed at night, what are you seeing that dream with? Your eyes are closed. You know, right. you're seeing with the mind. Well, it's no different when you wake up. You know, we mm-hmm. think that we're seeing this world with the body's eyes when the truth is we're seeing it with the mind, which is why the Course teaches that you are reviewing mentally that which has already gone by. You know, so it's very much like watching a movie that's already been filmed. Mm-hmm. And it still comes back to that question, you know, whose interpretation of that movie are you going to listen to? And right. ultimately, it will even determine 
what you believe you are. But the way that you do that through this kind of forgiveness is you have to realize a couple of things. Let's say that there are three steps in forgiveness. Now, you know, these three steps are going to merge into one eventually. You're just going to do it. But at first, it's helpful to realize exactly uh, what the components of it are so that you can get used to doing it. That's what the workbook is for, too. It's, it's to get your mind into the habit of thinking with the Holy Spirit. We've been in the habit of thinking with the ego for millions of years, you know, going back right. to the dinosaurs. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, now we're getting into the habit of thinking with the Holy Spirit instead. That is one of the main purposes of the workbook, to train the mind. Uh, the Course says this is a course in mind training. Uh, it says this is a course in cause and not effect. Mind is cause, and the effect is what you see, the world of separation. And uh, what we're doing is we're retraining the mind. It's kind of like uh, reprogramming. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're retraining the mind to think with the Holy Spirit, which changes everything. And the first step there in forgiveness is to stop thinking with the ego. The ego is making it real. The ego is saying right. this whole thing is real. It can affect you. You've got to fix it. It's outside of you. You know, the whole ego thought system of separation. And what you've got to do with that first step is you've got to stop yourself. You've got to catch yourself when you're thinking with the ego, when you're making it real, when you're practicing judgment, uh, when you're not feeling good. That's the ego. The Holy Spirit doesn't make you not feel good. You know, the ego makes you feel good because the ego wants you to believe that you're a body. And if you're a body, the whole ego thought system of separation is true. So the first step is you've got to stop yourself and notice that you're thinking or feeling with the ego and stop it. If you can notice that and stop it, then you can take the second step. Uh, the second step is what A Course in Miracles would call the holy instant. And mm-hmm. that is that instant when you choose. When you choose the Holy Spirit instead of the ego and you start thinking right-minded thoughts with the Holy Spirit. Now that changes everything because now you're thinking with the Holy Spirit and you can get into the habit of thinking with the Holy Spirit. And you can start thinking right-minded thoughts, which will say, okay, look, first of all, if you forgive this situation, you're going to feel better. It's like the Course says, you know, I, I will forgive and I will see this differently. You will feel different if you actually forgive. You'll feel more peaceful the instant that you remember the truth. And the truth is that the world is not real. God is. So now you're thinking right-minded thoughts, and you can forgive somebody not because they've really done something, because they haven't done anything because it's just a dream. And uh, once again, the miracle establishes that you dream a dream and that its content is not true. So you're forgiving what you're seeing because that person hasn't really done anything. And, uh, you know, people always have questions about that, which I'll get to. But then you're in a position to take the third step, which, uh, and this is probably the biggest mistake that people make with their forgiveness. They don't go all the way with it. And A Course in Miracles does go all the way with it. What you've got to do is you've got to think of that person as not being a person. You've got to think of that person as being way beyond that. So what you do is you kind of like overlook the body. And you realize that that person may appear to be a separate body, but what they really are is spirit, perfect spirit, uh, not just part of it, but all of it, something that is nothing less than God. Uh, that is what the Course calls a vision. Uh, that is what uh, my teachers describe as spiritual sight. You think of that person as being what they really are and where they really are, which is this perfect being that has never left God, that has never left heaven, and is in fact actually exactly the same as God. And mm-hmm. if you do that, then you're doing something very important because the Course articulates uh, a very important law of the mind. And this is how the mind works. It says, as you see him, you will see yourself. And it must be very important because then it says, never forget this. Mm-hmm. You know, In that person, you either find yourself or lose yourself. And there are billions of people who seem to be out there every day losing themselves because they don't know how the mind works and they don't know what reality is. And reality is this perfect spirit, and if you see it everywhere, and this is why the Course says everywhere the Holy Spirit looks, he sees himself. Mm-hmm. You know, the Holy Spirit sees innocence and oneness because the Holy Spirit thinks in terms of oneness. It's the ego that thinks right. in terms of separation. 
But right. the Holy Spirit thinks in terms of oneness and wholeness and sees it everywhere and kind of like mm-hmm. overlooks the body. And if we want to return to spirit in our experience, we want to get to the point where, you know, when we lay the body aside for the final time, as the Course puts it, if we want to stay in spirit and awaken in spirit, then the fastest way to do it is forgive and end up seeing everybody as what they really are, this perfect spirit that is perfect oneness with God. And if it's true that as you see him, you will see yourself. And it is true because there's really only one of us. And anything that you think is going to be interpreted by your mind, your unconscious mind I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the little tiny conscious part of it. I'm talking about Mm -hmm. the, the part of the iceberg that's underneath the ocean, that that you don't see. Uh, If you want to return that uh, mind to spirit, then you have to think the way that the Holy Spirit thinks. You know, it's actually uh, like you're re-becoming the Holy Spirit, which is what you really are, but people aren't in touch with that. They they actually are the Holy Spirit. But uh, Mm -hmm. if they want to get there in their experience, then the fastest way to do it is to see it everywhere. But you can't withhold that uh, forgiveness and that seeing love everywhere and in everyone. You can't withhold it from anybody or else it's not whole and it's mm-hmm. not complete. And you know, this spirit that I'm talking about is something that is whole and full and complete and satisfying. And it's the only thing that will ever really make you happy. You know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, abundance in, in the spiritual community and achieving abundance. Well, they're trying to achieve it in the wrong place. You know, they're trying to achieve it out there on the screen, which isn't even real. It's not real. And, uh, you know, what what the Course is teaching is that a sense of separation from God is the only lack you really need correct. Mm-hmm. You know, if you could correct that one lack, that sense of separation from God, then you would never feel lack. You know, and, and everything would take care of itself. Lack would eventually disappear, you know, from your life. And uh, that's because, you know, the only real lack is that sense of separation. And if you undo that... You're undoing the cause of the problem instead of just dealing with the effect, you know, and trying to move things around, you know, in the world and make it work, which is kind of like, you know, rearranging uh, the deck chairs on the Titanic. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's not really going to work in the long run. It might might look nice, you know, for a little while, but you're not dealing with the real problem. You know, and uh, the real problem is separation, and the solution is the atonement which you could also think of as uh, at-one-ment. You know, mm-hmm. It's kind of like the, the correction of error, as, as the Course says. And the correction always is a form of forgiveness that undoes separation and leads to oneness. But in order to really understand that, you have to understand what is real and what is not real and can never be made real. Mm-hmm. And uh, you always see in the Course in Miracles community movements, as one happening right now, where people will try to maintain some kind of individuality, maintain some kind of, uh, you know, uh, hold on the ego, even though they'll say that they're not, as long as you're thinking that anything in the world of form, anything that has any kind of a shape or an image to it, can be maintained and kept real and be made holy and be made spiritual, then you are not engaging in the coarsest form of non-dualism. Uh, Mm -hmm. Non-dualism is saying that of the two seeming worlds, uh, the world of God and the world of man, only the world of God is true, and nothing else is true. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I said earlier, it never ceases to amaze me the lengths that people will go to to get around that. You know, so they'll say, well, you know, when the Course says that God didn't make the world, it doesn't mean that he didn't make all of it. He he made the good stuff. You know, he didn't make the bad (laughs) stuff. He made the good stuff. Well, no, that's duality. In duality, you have good and bad. In heaven, you only have good because there are no opposites. When the Course uh, starts off by saying the opposite of love is fear, but what is all-encompassing, which is obviously God, can have no Mm -hmm. opposite. It's saying that in reality, in heaven, there are no opposites. Uh, There is no death. There is only life. There is no Mm -hmm. scarcity. There is only abundance. Right. You know, there is no bad going on. There's only good, because mm-hmm. that is non-duality. Uh, as long as you try to maintain the level of form, as long as you try to fix up the world and bring heaven to it or, or make the body holy or think that uh, you're going to 
stay here as some kind of a spiritual being with other spiritual beings, then you are practicing separation. As long as you believe that there is anything outside of you that you can see or that is going to last, that is still separation. If you believe that you have an individual soul that uh, you know is unique and different than other souls, that is separation. As long as you think that another human being is real, then that is egocentricity. You are practicing separation. The instant that you think that another human being is a real human being, and mm-hmm. I know that's uh, you know a little hard for some people to wrap their mind around, but the truth is that's a separation idea. And right. what the Course is saying is that none of it exists, and you have to forgive all of it. You know, And what you really need to forgive is the things that affect you, you know, the things that make you uncomfortable. And uh, this brings up the good part. Uh, Course of Miracles is a happy form of spirituality. It does not call uh, for sacrifice. It does not ask you to give up the world physically. Uh, If you think that you have to give up the world, well, that's making it just as real in your mind as anything. Because now it's real and you've got to give it up. Uh, The truth is you don't have to give it up. All that you have to do is look at it differently. All that you have to do is look at it with the Holy Spirit instead of the ego and you can still live your life. Uh, you can still, you know, do whatever it is that you're going to do. You can still have the same uh, goals. You know, you can still have money. You can still have sex. You can still have uh, your possessions. The, dif- the difference mm-hmm. is that because you're looking at it now with the Holy Spirit, you are what the Course would call above the battleground. You know, now you're looking at it differently. You're looking at it mm-hmm. in such a way where you're not dependent on the world for your happiness. You know, if you're dependent on the world for your happiness and for your peace of mind, uh, you're in trouble. (laughs) Because the only (laughs) thing that you can depend on in this world is that it's going to change. You know, this is a world of shift and change, and it it may be great right now, and then, you know, two days from now, it could be a horror show. You know, so uh, you, you just don't know in an unstable world, which is how the Course describes it, uh, what's coming up next? But with God, well, now you have something that you can depend on. Uh, God doesn't shift or change. Uh, the right. truth is a constant. Right. You know, the truth is God, and God is love. And by the yes. way, you don't have to work on love. You know, a lot of people nowadays, uh, oh, the Course is about love. Actually, the, the Course results in love. Mm-hmm. It's not about love. It's about undoing the ego, which results in love, the experience of love. You know, you get some people uh, who are into like, oh, well, you know, forget about all this mind stuff and all this ego stuff. We're just going to be love. The only problem is you can't do that without undoing the ego. It is literally impossible. That's why the Course says salvation is undoing. That's why the Course says this is a Course in cause and not effect and causes mind. Uh, You know, these people, they want to ignore the mind you know, just uh, sweep it under the rug. And that is not going to result in more love. It's going to result in a perpetuation of the ego, which is not love. And uh, that's why the Course focuses on forgiveness and undoing the ego. And then the love will take care of itself. You don't have to do anything about that because what you really are, which is love, is already perfect. You know, it's uh, already there. You know, the Course says, teach only love, for that is what you are. Well, that's mm-hmm. what you are, which means it's already yes. there, and it's already perfect. You are already mm-hmm. exactly the same as God. You are already right. exactly the same as your Source, and you don't have to do anything about that. All that you have to do is undo. You know, undo the ego, and the love will be there because that's what you are. And mm-hmm. that's the approach of Course in Miracles. But... Uh, you know, people will never cease in their efforts to skip around the whole thing and uh, to just skip to the end and to not do the forgiveness work that it takes to undo the ego and actually experience uh, love in a permanent and meaningful way instead of, uh, you know, a very fleeting, very temporary way. And uh, you can't get around it. And, uh, you know, people will always try, but then there are going to be those people who like the ones who sit at the piano and practice every day, uh, they want it so badly. They want the peace of God. You know, the Course says mm-hmm. about those words, I want the peace of God. 
It says, you know, to say these words is nothing. But to mean these words is everything. Mm-hmm. And you show that you mean it by practicing, by actually doing the course, by actually practicing forgiveness. You know, even uh, the people who you think don't deserve to go to heaven, even the people who you don't like, you know. I, I don't particularly like forgiving Donald Trump, you know, <laughs> but I do because um, I, 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 know, mm-hmm. I know that he is my savior because if I can forgive him, then I am forgiving myself, and I will be healed. You know, so uh, now I can do this because I know that it's good for me. Yes. And I know that as as you see him, you will see yourself. Mm-hmm. So if I'm thinking he's a jerk, then I'm just sending a message to my own unconscious mind that I'm right. a jerk. Exactly. <laughs> but if I think I... of him as mm-hmm. being perfect spirit, I'm sending that same message to my mind that I am perfect spirit and that I'm yeah. worthy of God and that I'm innocent and that I haven't mm-hmm. really done anything and uh, that I only deserve the best. Right. Yes, for for so, me, uh, I know. I stay in a place of knowing already. I stay in a place of knowing that I am in heaven right this moment that all is perfect right this moment. This What I'm seeing with these illusionary eyes, and like you say, you don't see with the eyes, and also science has proven that. You see with your mind, and what that's just a projection, a movie that's not real at all. And there's nothing real in, in the illusion, in the, in the projection on the screen. What only thing is real is within me. And the the connection that I have to God, because God and I are one, and it's holographic, meaning everything God is, I am, and everything I see outward, outside of me, is just that uh, an illusion of my own creation. And I wrote the script. I'm the actor. I wrote this, the, the script for everyone I encounter. So it's all, that's how I stay grounded, in knowing that it's, I am, I know that I am God. And when I say that, I know that everything I see is God. There is nothing outside of God. All there is is God. So that's how I stay grounded in the unfor- you know, forgive- uh, unconditional forgiveness, unconditional love for everything and everything I see. I don't watch the news. I stopped watching news in um, 2001, uh, two weeks after 9-11. I have not watched news since then. Um, I barely know who's running for president. But uh, And last week's show, I actually had a political conversation with one of my guests, which was funny. I'm like, me, of all people, who, who know very little about, about politics. But one of my favorite books was just Conversations with God. Very early on in that book, it says, in one sentence, it says, Hitler went to heaven. And the understanding of this, you understand everything, because there is no separation. Um, you know, there's, when we, we think of Hitler or uh, um, Saddam Hussein, or, there's no separation from, from us. You know, there's no judgment, there's no separation, we're all one. And so when you understand the truth of that, and that we're still in heaven right this moment, that's where we are. The truth of heaven is within us. I think Jesus said that in, in, in the Bible. He says the, somebody was asking him, well, uh, where is heaven? And he said, it's in, it's in you. It's within you, and it's in you every moment. So there, there is actually heaven on earth because the earth isn't real, but what is real is heaven. So you're in heaven right this moment. And I always say to people, you're making your own movie, so you can create it how you want to create a nightmare, go right ahead. If you want to create a, a really nice movie, hey, I prefer to create a nice movie. I know I have the choice. I can create a nightmare if I want to, but I'd rather create a nice movie and just enjoy the film, you know? So well, uh, I, yeah, I, that's, Caroline, yeah. uh, that's great. And, um I would just advise you, if the time ever does come in your life when you're not 100% perfectly peaceful and, you know, something actually happens that does affect you, 
and yet makes you feel something, uh, then I would recommend that you uh, you know do the forgiveness steps that uh, I suggested. And uh, well, when you, you know, say the, the difference the between uh, steps, just I'm let me uh, sure. just. Oh, Caroline, okay, just let me okay. finish here because we're just about okay. out of time. Uh, the thing is, uh, well, conversations with God, for example, is is dualistic. And uh, mm-hmm. by the way, Hitler Hitler didn't go to heaven because there was no Hitler. What what will happen with everybody mm-hmm. eventually is that they will awaken to uh, what they really are, which, mm-hmm. as you said, has never left heaven. So uh, you know, I just caution people uh, when something you know, comes up like if you have to go out in the world and actually you have to go to work and deal with, uh, you know, uh, the traffic and, and everything. When something comes up that does push your buttons and uh, makes you feel not completely peaceful, then that's the time uh, to practice forgiveness. You know, maybe that never happens with you, but I know that uh, most of the people that I meet in my life, uh, it does happen with them. And well, uh, they the do. Time, uh, the time I, I lost my only son two years ago, I was at peace. Because at that time, I wasn't at peace when I was first told that he wasn't going to make it um, in 2011. I tried to take my life because I, 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 I couldn't live with that. But in 2014, when he did actually transition, because I know he's still with me, he's not gone. But when he actually did transition in 2014, I was at peace. So I I I. I I've kind of experienced life, <laughs> you know, and um, I, I truly do understand everything you're saying. Um, and and I, I, for me, it's a grounding of moment to moment. I say this all the time, that for me, I have to remind myself on a moment to moment basis. I cannot let the illusion um, suck me in. You know, so it's it's something I have to remind myself every moment, okay, what's true, okay? I know what's true. I am one with God. I can never be separated from God. Nothing can harm me because nothing in the illusion can harm me. So these are the things I, I kind of try to stay grounded with from a moment-to-moment basis. And, and not saying that some moments I, you know, don't cry and <laughs> feel like, oh, my, you know, I, I still, I'm, one time, actually, someone asked me that about two years ago. Uh, do you ever, do you ever um, get sad or anything? I was like, yeah, I, I still cry. Um, but I even when I cry, even in those tears, I don't forget where I really am and what's really real, what's true. I don't forget that even in the moment of crying, I know it's a crying, whatever is happening. So if I'm crying in that moment, it's something I needed to do. It's good. I'm just cleansing, doing whatever, releasing, whatever. But I, I don't forget now at this point in my life, 54 years old, I, am, I don't forget um, the truth of what's true. I love how Dave always says what's true is true. I love that. And what's true is that we are one with God, can never be separated. We are creating our own reality, our own illusion. And that is not the, that's not the truth. That's not real. So for me, it's just a moment-to-moment thing of remembering the truth. But I, I have been through some things that would probably most people might <sighs> you know, fall off the wagon, as they say, and get attached to the illusion again. But I mm-hmm. I remind myself that it isn't real. I reminded myself when my son passed that this is his higher self, this is his soul self decision to leave this experience at 29 years old. It's not something I wanted, but I understood that it was a soul agreement that he and I made. And that's why I could, you know, peace be at peace when he did make that transition well great so um i just want to say i've really enjoyed uh being on your show oh and, thank uh, you you know it, what it's a pleasure, a pleasure to talk with I you. <laughs> see i never i i said it so we could go a little longer than an hour and i didn't even realize the hour was up <laughs> but uh <laughs> That's okay. thank, I, 
Thank, thank you so much. I, I so enjoy you being on the show and, and all my guests. I just, I, I love doing this. It's, um, for me, having this show is just a way of just show, sharing, inspiring others because I don't believe I, I can really teach others, but I can inspire others to awaken because I know the other person is like you said. The other person is divine. The other person is perfect. It's just a matter of waking up and remembering who we truly are, which is one with God at all times, and that not just you and I, but everyone, everyone listening to the show, every everyone on the planet is one with God at all times. So for me, it's just a moment-to-moment yes. remembering. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Gary, uh, you have a, an amazing weekend, and hopefully we'll get to meet, because um, I do I plan on coming to co- Colorado in October, so I, I hope I get to meet you in person. Uh, yeah, okay, well, I'm not uh, actually doing anything in, in Colorado in October, but maybe somebody else uh, who you know uh, is, but I'm sure that we will meet. Uh, sometime, and I'm, I'll really look forward to that. And uh, you know, thank you again. And uh, I think you're doing great work. So please keep it up, and we'll see you. Thank you, thank you. Have a great evening. Thank you so much. Great. You too. Good night. Thanks a lot. Bye. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs> 